millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So our, our guest today really doesn't sort of need much, massive, uh, much of a huge introduction. But today we somehow have Donovan Brage on the podcast. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you guys having me. Well, I mean, you obviously the, the biggest name that we've had on this podcast. Um, if, if you sort of wanted to kind of say, say a little bit about yourself, you, you can drop in 142 wherever you feel like it. Yeah. Uh, if, if you I must pre- sort of thing. I appreciate that you said I'm the biggest name and you've had Craig on here. So that means, that means a lot. I get to, I get to shove it <laughs> in. Um, but Donovan Brazier, I'm a Nike athlete. Uh, I see last year I was, I guess, the reigning world champion for the 800 meters with a time of 142.3. So that's my, my major accolades right there. Yeah, and that was, you know, pretty, pretty coolly said. Uh, don't think that can be understated at all, 142. Um, and so what, one thing that we always kind of ask at the start of the podcast, kind of chronological, is um, how, how did you first get into the sport? Like how did you kind of get on the track and then, and then get from there to, to then college and, and then, then again to, to the pro sort of thing? What, what got you, I guess, into running? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, actually. Um, I just started off running, like, I guess how most people do, just as kind of like a, a hobby, like a wise to do. I was never really that great at it. I ran, um, I started track in middle school, and we had the, what is it, 30, 200 meter relay, so it's the four by eight, and, you know, I was garbage at the time. I couldn't even make our middle school four by eight relay team, so um, I was never really at it particularly, but it was just something that I liked because I could see my results opposed to like sports like basketball or football with track, everything that I put in, I, I realized that I was able to get out and I could physically see the results and there was no political or, or biasness in the sport of track and field because it's whoever has a faster time or was ever, you know, a faster guy, they're going to be the ones to, you know, be in that starting lineup. And that's something I've always liked about track and field is that, you know, it, no matter, you know, what you are or, or what you do, it, it, your times are going to bring you to where you need to go, opposed to, like, a basketball and football at my school was, like, really political. We always had the coach's son being quarterback or, or you know, okay. this guy being – everybody had some sort of ties to get the position that they earned or, I guess, earned. So I think that's why I've always been fond and stuck with track and field. Yeah. No, that that's very true. I think a lot of people will be similar in that with, with track and field in that, like, sort of – all the work you put in, you, you do eventually sort of see pay off how, however long that time might be. And it is quite a rewarding sport sort of seeing your times, your mm-hmm. times drop down. Cause I don't know what, what was your sort of high school, high school PR for 800? Yeah. So in, in high school, well, I see. So my freshman PR, we'll start with my freshman. The freshman PR was a 206. So I was a 206 centimeter runner. I was like the second or third guy on the team. Um, you know, not terrible, I guess at the time, but then by the time I graduated high school, I was a, 147 six runner so i improved by i guess nearly 20 seconds in those four years jeez i was feeling good about myself for a second then because i was like i had a faster pb than uh, donovan brazier at the same age but then you have to throw with a 20 second improvement on us there yeah i progressed a little faster than most yeah no that that's that's very impressive me and alfie looking at that thinking you know 155 is is a a good little stint out there but um (laughs) yeah no and, and were you doing kind of any other sports along that sort of same time frame or were you, were you really just tracking kind of high school? I was um, mainly just track. Our cross-country season and football season just intertwined, um, you know, along with indoor track and basketball. And those are the only sports that would have conflicted. But, you know, I just put, I put my all in track for the most part in high school. Like, yeah, I go downtown to the Y and hoop in the wintertime and stuff like that. But as far as like uh, leagues go and stuff like that, I was only, you know, running indoor track, cross country and um, outdoor track and field. So yeah. I think indoor fitness from playing like basketball and pickup games, but I didn't actually affiliate myself to a league. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, 
that's quite cool over there because sort of over here we have like the kind of the, the sort of soccer and cross country at a young age but obviously over there it's kind of uh, the football and the basketball mixed with well, it seems like a lot of people sort of did did those sports for a while and then going from from high school to college obviously that whole sort of recruiting process is always really really odd you would obviously have been one of the most sort of highest sought at for for that age especially sort of going under so what what made you decide sort of where you went in in, in the end there yeah so so for me I, I wanted to go someplace warm I grew up in Michigan it's um for people who don't know, it's a very, you know, cool climate. It snows, you know, four months out of the year, you know, and it's probably sunny and 70, like two or three months out of the year. So we really have to earn our summers there. But I just was really ready to get out of just the snow and cold and wet, dreary place of Michigan. So I was looking at, you know, SEC schools, some Pac-12 schools. I narrowed it down to um, USC, Texas A&M, and LSU, both pretty good schools academically and um, athletically. So... My dream school has always been USC, actually, just because I always loved the thought of living in Southern California. Um, but unfortunately, that didn't work out at the time. And I ended up not settling, but going to Texas A&M. And it ended up being a, a good fit for me. And, you know, the year that I spent there, I was, I was happy to be there. Yeah, I can imagine. It seems like A&M have a, have a really good sort of like flexibility in between like 4, 8 and 15 um, mm. or, or sort of miles. Like that just seems to be the perfect school for for like if you want to be good at all those distances which again you you kind of shown i can imagine it must have been weird being part of that four by four team sometimes as well yeah. because you just sort of came in like 40 you know 46s 45s just like it, it must have been pretty interesting to be around kind of the the sprinters mentality as well yeah i guess that work that must have done great things for for 800 running more than anything yeah exactly and that's what i liked actually was the thought of being around a more sprint oriented group because in high school, I was running 4x4s, and even to this day, I consider myself more of a 4-800-meter runner opposed to an 8-1500-meter runner. You know, I know my times don't match that statement, um, per se, but I, I just always like the idea of being, you know, in relays and things like that. And that's why I think Texas A&M, like you said, was so great for that because we had good, you know, 100 guys, 200, 400, 800, all the way up to, like you said, the 15. Um, so that's why, like you said, I think that's why it ended up being a good fit. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then sort of competing at NCAAs, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, looking at looking at that from the outside of the UK, obviously NCAAs just looks very cool. Um, you know, indoor and outdoor, it just looks crazy. Um, so go, going from doing those championships and then sort of get, sort of going from A and M and then becoming a pro with Nike. How how did that kind of come about? Because obviously. You'd, you'd raced unbelievably well in the NCAA and then I, I, I guess it's kind of people people are trying to pull you in loads of different directions same yeah. way in the recruiting process I get you'll have Adidas coming out your Nike coming out your New Balance how, how, so how did you kind of make that decision um, obviously the training group you went to was unbelievable yeah so the decision came you know first off I didn't know being a professional track and field athlete was really like a thing you know even like all throughout high school and even through college like there was professional guys that trained out on the track with us, like Dion Lindor and uh, Braylon Taplin and guys like them. But I just never, I guess, really viewed myself as a professional athlete when it comes to track and field. I always just thought this is something I'll, you know, keep on trying to get the most out of. Like high school, I was like, I'm just doing this to get a scholarship. And then in college, I was like, I'm just doing this to get the gear and, you know, potentially like an NCAA national championship ring. Um, so everything for track and field was just about trying to create opportunities for me and doing it. And, it wasn't until my, I guess, yeah, my freshman year race, uh, it wasn't until NCAA championships that I ran that time and I, I broke a collegiate record and I, you know, won my first title that it wasn't, it was presented to me that I could become a professional track and field athlete. And it was really the guys like, you know, Brandon McBride and Shaquille Walker were in the race. And those were the two guys that really told me like, yeah, like if you wanted to pursue this professionally, like at this time, you could go ahead and do that. So, you know, I kind of, I weighed my options out and I thought about it. And after, you know, it really didn't take too long of me to, to, to figure it out, but I, I knew then I, I would like to pursue that career because I did everything that I wanted to do in, in college. So that was kind of the, the thought process behind that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it kind of see, seeing that jump from, uh, from college pro, seeing quite, quite a few athletes, but um, choosing the group that you, that you kind of went to, had, had you spoken to some of the athletes who were already in that group, uh, 
and had you kind of shopped around different groups of, of people you knew in different areas obviously there's, mm-hmm. there's quite a few sort of middle distance uh or say say middle distance uh groups sort of out in the u.s that, that you're able to join so so why was it that one in particular that you that you decided to go to yeah so that's a good question so i started off training with my coach lean forensic for the first uh for three years out of college um, I stuck in College Station. I, I stayed around there for the most part. Um, but then after I decided I wanted to branch out and join a professional group, I looked at, <coughs> excuse me, I looked at um, Derek's group. So, you know, Ajay Wilson and, and their group on Philadelphia. I looked at Oregon Track Club and I looked at uh, Oregon Project at the time. And just after weighing down my options and just seeing, you know, the different groups and just kind of, I guess the resources that Oregon Project had compared to the other ones, I just knew that was the right fit for me. Um, you know, I was never really presented by, uh, who was the coach? Alberto Salazar, excuse me. Um, I was always coached by Pete Julian. So he was the one that kind of came to me and I was hurt for a year and he kind of helped me get recovered just uh, mentally and physically throughout that year of 2018, just to, to come back and have a good season in 2019. And I knew that a coach that would take the time to do that when I was hurt, was a, was a coach that was right for me. Because when I joined his group, I wasn't, you know, much anything. I had an NCAA, NCAA title to my name and that was it. But then I got hurt and he still, you know, was texting me every day, calling me every day, making sure I was doing everything right. So um, I think after seeing him do that, I think it, I just knew it would be a good fit. Yeah, such an important part about having a coach who sort of cares about when you're, uh, you know, when you are pushing a little bit too hard or, or if you are injured, how to get you back sort of organically rather than just like throwing you straight back into the mixer because obviously exactly. in in running, it's it's kind of, it's so recovering from an injury and then getting back from the injuries, it's such a weird sort of time frame of getting back where you're eager, yeah. you're ready to go, you feel like that injury's gone, but then it can come back like just as easily sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Just kind of lingers yeah exactly and the infrastructure Oregon project and um, you would have been able to get back from that injury pretty well you know with, like, with the physios and all that sort of stuff which yeah. is uh which is a pretty cool setup so I feel like I've been rambling with quite a bit Alfie well no I, I just like let the conversation go ahead I'm sure anyone who's <laughs> listened to one before knows that I sort of like taking a back seat and just letting other people rant on because it's like for me it's just like listening to a podcast um <laughs> but I, something I wanted to ask and it's, it's sort of obviously Pete's group now are you any closer to having a name and also like a brand mm. like the Oregon Project was this big brand yeah. and obviously you've got the Bowman Track Club big brand are you any closer mm. to sort of getting that name and big brand out there yeah man I, I hope so you know I'm, I'm with you on that one I really want our group to kind of have some sort of um, tie to a name and maybe even get our own jerseys of such that'd be kind of cool but you know, as of right now, I think everything's still up in the air. I don't know if Nike wants to give us our group name or, or not right now, but, you know, only time. Will, I was hoping that they just kind of transition the Oregon project into, into Pete's hands, but um, obviously that didn't happen. So we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen next for our group. Yeah, it's, it's tricky picking a name. I think that's the most important thing, whether or not yeah. it's, uh, if you're allowed to by Nike, but like, I guess Portland Knights is the only one I could think of what's not too cringy, mm-hmm. but even that's a bit dodgy, but. Saying that, you yeah. got to wear a nice singlet this year anyway at the World Champs. Uh, sorry, because of the World Champs, you obviously got to wear that black and white singlet, which was a lot nicer than the the uh, blue and green one, which is a bit of an odd colourway from Nike's yeah. behalf, I think. Yeah, I like, I, like the, I like the black and white one. I, like, I just like having a different jersey than everybody else. That's why I kind of like the Oregon Project ones, the, the last year before the group got dismantled. The, uh, it was like that oily looking one, kind of. Yeah. That was like the coolest jersey to me. I liked wearing that because, you know, there's only five guys that wore them. So just the uniqueness behind it, I really like. Yeah. Yeah, you see, that jersey's just, yeah, insane. And I think that's what matters now. Obviously, the times matter, but what you're wearing matters as well, which I guess is good yeah. because we need to try and commercialise the sport a bit more in a sense. So. I reckon the dangerous nice area of that outfit could be, well, firstly, that oil slick vest was unbelievable, the Oregon Project. But if we're talking about running outfits, something that's been quite controversial on Traxter's page um, is, is the ideology between, so wearing half tights and then mm-hmm. split shorts above. I'm going to say that personally, I think it's a crime and it looks dreadful. Um, Alfie quite likes the look, which is blatantly wrong. Uh-huh. Where do you stand on it? If I like the half tights or if I like the split shorts better? Both no, combined. But, but So half tights and then split shorts over the top. It, it's become oh. 
something that people yeah great reaction love that yeah. <laughs> i've got a great example if you want a visual representation because i've just finished my run and i've actually got some on now so half tight split shorts yep mm. didn't help um but I, i'm not i'm not a huge fan of it i think it just <laughs> in, in freshman year of high school I, I, I used to do that actually because they used to make us wear those little short shorts and i was always self-conscious about like you know why am i wearing short shorts and stuff like this so i wear half tights and my coach is like you know, no, that's like restricting you. Like if you take those off, you'll PR by like 30 seconds, which isn't at all. Like it's, there's no science behind that. So ever since then, I stopped wearing half tights underneath my shorts. I just feel like there's a constriction thing behind it. But, you know, you just choose one or the other. I think doing both is kind of doing a little too much. So um, thanks for watching, guys. Sorry, listening. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, it's been good. Uh, but, you know. Both of them, I guess. Like why, why, do you, why do you feel the need to wear both of them? Fashion statement. No, no. To be fair, today okay. it's just in winter. <laughs> in winter, so. you don't want to wear leggings, uh, tights. Sorry. So I feel like wearing the half tights and then the short shorts sort of gives you a bit more warmth, but also makes you not have to wear tights. But so why I feel like that's just you, an excuse. Why, what, what's what's wrong with long tights? I don't like them going up hills. Do you know, like oh, okay. where I live, it's really, really steep hills, and it just doesn't feel right. And if they get wet, if it's rainy, it's a nightmare. Okay. Okay. So just just like to let my legs breathe a bit, really. But I, it's, I'm just just excuses, really, just excuses. To be That's honest, yeah, no, it, it works. Thank you for uh, giving your opinion on that. Um, yeah. I, I'll take it. I'll take it in and maybe you know, yeah, have Do to transition away. That's where I hey, stand. So, someone needed to tell you, and it couldn't have been probably anyone better on a podcast to have told you. So that's so I guess that's happy days. Um, <laughs> and so. And talking about, um, obviously, COVID's been a nightmare this year. It's been really not ideal for anyone at sort of any end of the spectrum, whether it be sport or general life. But how was it for you when you kind of, when you were training, then you, you were seeing sort of races dropping off left, right and centre. Obviously, the Diamond League was all over the shop until, um, until those days actually got announced. So how did you find it training through this year, sort of aiming to, to get everything together for the Diamond Leagues and, and being ready mm -hmm. for those? Yeah, so when it first got canceled, I think everybody kind of had a bit of relief because nobody was training the way they'd like to train leading up to the Olympics. Like all the facilities being closed, the track being closed, you know, physical therapists, offices being closed was just kind of a whole mess of things. So I think once people realized they were going to have that break that they needed to wait for the stuff to open back up and then get their regular, regular training in, I think people were kind of more relieved. But, um, but then, like you said, then it comes to that point where it's like, what am you know what do i do what am i training for what's my purpose of training and i think for for my group out here and what pete really tried to do for us is he tried to make things as normal as possible so that meant you know going to the track three or four days a week that meant getting all the same runs in that we usually do and you know this is back in may pete kept telling or no, this is probably back in like april pete kept telling us that you know we're going to go to europe they're going to have these diamond league meets and we're going to race them and with all the COVID and stuff, and you guys know the lockdowns that were going on, we didn't think that it was going to happen at all. So we're just still kind of in the back of our mind, not training, I think, to, to our full potential. But, um, you know, once we, we got on that flight, we were still kind of eerie about, like, if they're actually going to let us in or not. You know, this is a 12, 13-hour flight, so we're like, we don't want to just waste this time. But, you know, we, once we got over there and, you know, we saw the, the meets happening and people taking the proper precautions, we're like, wow, it's, it's really happening. Like, all this training and stuff that we did is going to be worth it. So... Uh, we just tried to normalize things just by having the season that we did because I know a lot of groups opted out and didn't have, you know, meets that they're racing in. So that's what I think Pete did a really good job with us is just kind of keep us in our track and keep us in our lane and, um, you know, staying focused and having, you know, somewhat of a season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's important just to, to even have races to aim for because it means that you are like kind of so much more zoned into your, to your training and being on yeah. top of things. Uh, just, I guess it's just kind of that extra accountability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I agree. I think it's just something that you look forward to, whether it's, a, you know, a month or two months away, at least you have something on the agenda at that point. And where was your, so out, out of the like two different things, where was your favorite place in Europe to race? And where was your favorite place to be kind of based for training? Uh, so I'm not sure whether you were ever out at like St. Moritz or anywhere around there, because yeah. there's some nice spots to train in Europe. Yeah, so my favorite place to stay, oh, that's a good question. Okay, so my two favorite places to race is probably Monaco and Stockholm. I, I love Sweden when I went there. It was a really pretty, really clean, nice city. Um, 
So I liked, and it was kind of like a historical factor to Stockholm too. It had the older track and, and stuff like that. So I like Stockholm. And then Monaco, of course, is Monaco. You know, enough said about Monaco. It's just, you know, the place where billionaires live and all the yachts and fancy cars and, and nice big buildings. You know, that's why I was fond of Monaco. It's just like a surreal kind of place. Um, so those are my two places to kind of just race and be. But as far as training-wise, definitely St. Moritz. Because when I have to get work done, I'm at altitude, um, good weather for the most part. Um, and, you know, it's just a beautiful place to be. So I think for training St. Moritz, but for, uh, you know, just place to be, probably Monaco or Stockholm. Yeah, Monaco was, uh, obviously, we were out in Monaco at the same time. It was the first time <clears> that we'd been over there. And it was, I mean, it was sick. Like, it's just the place like, is, yeah. the place is crazy. Yeah, it is. No, that's, I agree with you. I, I, I like Monaco because of that. Which yeah, was my and, beaches. You know, slightly overrated. Slightly overrated. Mm. Not many beaches, is there? I wish there was more beaches. Like, there's only one, isn't there? What's man-made? And it's like the far end of Monaco, isn't it? It's just no, there was a nightmare. The, actually, there was one like a couple hundred meters away from the track you go to. Um, but you got to think, Monaco is only like two miles long. So you're not going to get that much beach frontage. True. We, we spent True. hours on our, on our last day walking to a beach to find a beach. Uh -huh. And we never made it to the beach because we only thought the one was on the far left side, Joe, like the other side. Uh, um, okay. But if there's one near the stadium, then we've kind of kind of messed up there. Yeah, yeah, it was a rocky beach, not really a sandy one, but hey, it was it was cool. How was the uh, yeah. yacht experience? That was really, really fun, actually. So we ended up uh, the day after the race, we went on this this littler boat. It was, I want to say littler, but it was still like a 50 foot um you know cruiser boat we went out there with uh with our team and you know it was a good time it was just fun being on the water and then the next day my agent mark wentmore set up this thing for us and it was you know Noah no allows raven rogers Aaliyah hobbs craig mills with us um josephus so both the brothers and their coach and he rented like this you know 80 foot like just like yacht like it was like this insane boat so that was a uh, Again, like just a surreal experience. But then I think like some people do this every single day in Monaco. So that, that, that's crazy. But no, it was, it was really fun. It was just, the only word to describe it is surreal. Because it felt like you were just kind of living the life of, you know, a, a Monaco resident for a day. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah, we, uh, I don't know how true this is. And obviously Craig was probably joking. But we semi got invited on that boat on the first day, sort of. So that's our claim <laughs> to fame. And, you know, quite yeah, sad we never made it. Yeah, that, that, that's Craig's doing. Craig's the one that set all that up. So if you guys, I don't know where you guys are at. It was a, yeah, it we, we, we were being thoughtful about the bubble situation. Uh, we kind of, we heard about the whole Diamond League bubble. We were thinking, if we get on that boat, are we compromising, you know, a few <laughs> decent athletes? Probably. Yeah. We did, we did have to wait right. up there. Rory, no, no. Rory. Sorry, okay. let's, not, let's not lie here. We, if we got the offer, we would have definitely gone bubble regardless. It was because we both had girlfriends with us and we couldn't well, leave them. That was the oh, only okay. reason. The only reason. That, so Yeah. Well, you guys, that's good for you guys. That's a smart move. Yeah. Alfie, oh, you had your girlfriend with you. Correct. Yeah, Rory I should have got on the boat. <laughs> I should have got on the boat. But, yeah, correct. Story um, for another day, that. Story for another day. Story for another day. Story for another day. Um, We've got a sort of a few thought-provoking questions, I want to say. Uh, my housemate gave me these before he left the house. This is just so, some things that he sort of wanted to, wanted to know from you. The first one, which is quite interesting, uh, if you could have sort of three, like three dinner guests or, or whatever uh, for one night, past, present, you know, dead, alive, whatever it might be, just three people you want to get in one room and mm -hmm. sort of spend the night with talking, who, who would those three be? Ooh, three people I could spend that. So I just have dinner guests and get to talk all night. Um, yeah. Pick the brains a little bit. Um, yeah. but obvious one, Muhammad Ali. He's the, the first one I'd pick, definitely. Um, Muhammad Ali's one. Malcolm X would be a second one. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. And let's see. That's a, that's a, that's a really good question, actually. I want to say just LeBron James because I feel like I've, he's my athlete right now. I love LeBron James, so it'd probably be a toss-up between LeBron James or Tiger Woods, but uh, prob probably LeBron James. So it'd be Malcolm yeah. X, Muhammad Ali, and LeBron James. Um, wait, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, LeBron James, in that order, yep. 
Got it. Yeah. No, LeBron would be crazy. That actually kind of led into another question, which was sort of obviously being with kind of Nike and, and being at the HQ quite a bit. LeBron mm. fits into this massively. Have you ever sort of bumped into any athletes, um, LeBron-esque kind of level when you've been at uh, Nike HQ? Because uh, I imagine there's there's probably quite a few decent athletes sort of knocking about on on HQ. Yeah, so I've never actually been like, you know, a meetup with any of these athletes, but I've, you know, crossed paths with um, Simone Biles, been on campus. Craig did a whole race with Antonio Brown just last year when Nike still had him because um, he was supposed to do a run with the Oregon Project at the time, but Craig was the one that I guess capitalized on it. Uh, so those are, the, those are the two big ones right there. But, you know, beyond that, I really don't, I really don't see many uh, famous athletes go through the campus. They do a really good job at kind of hiding them when they come. Yeah, I, I can imagine, to be fair. I mean, you should have probably uh, snuck into the, the Drake music video. Uh, <laughs> what, what was that about? Like, they couldn't pick a, a runner for his treadmill scene? That was, that was crazy. That was, I didn't Where get was that. the phone call? Where was the phone call when it was needed? Just a clip of you and Craig on a boat yeah. going through campus. It would have been, it would have been beautiful. That'd have been insane, right? But they, they picked a professional athlete for the other sports. They had Odell and, and Katie on there, but they couldn't, they couldn't get a, a track athlete. I don't even care who it was, just, you know, represent. But no, I thought Elliot, was... Elliot Kipchoge in a Drake video. That, that would have been perfect, I think. But no, that, that didn't happen. It's a little disappointing. Disappointing. They got KD in there as well. His knee was messed up. He was supposed to be in a bubble. What was KD doing in Oregon? What was KD God. doing in Oregon? Even no, man. KD, I don't know. Outrageous. Outrageous. It should have been you and Craig, but that's... It should have been, yeah. Craig and I racing, racing Drake on Michael Johnson's track, but it's whatever. I mean, if, you know, Drake obviously listens to this podcast, so for future <laughs> notice, get it exactly. done. Make him feel stupid. Yeah, exactly. We should feel stupid. He's missed out on an opportunity. Um, exactly. And then uh, another question, not quite as deep, it's always really, really thought-provoking. Um, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 30 duck-sized horses? It's a tough one. Huh. Mm. 30 horse-sized dogs. No, no, wait. one horse-sized horse-sized dog. I'd probably, I'd probably get the one dog thing because I only have to kill one. I feel bad about killing 30 little dogs, but if I kill one horse, I probably wouldn't feel as bad. Wait. Oh, no. We're talking ducks. Like one horse-sized duck. duck. Yeah. Duck. Dogs. Okay. No, God, no. Dogs should, no. Dogs should never enter that conversation. That would a be, horse, a that horse would be terrible. Say, <laughs> <laughs> Well, either way, I'm going to win, but I, I'd probably... <laughs> With the one duck-sized horse, because like I said, only only one killing less blood on my hands. Um, yeah, one duck-sized horse. No one said yes to that ruthless. We just said five. We didn't say kill. That's that's you bringing that on, on the. I was to the death. It, you yeah. have to say it. It's, <laughs> yeah, don't wow. like ducks. Um, scary. And then another one was kind of if if you if you had to pick another sport, if you weren't a track athlete. Uh, <laughs> What direction would you have gone? What what sport sort of intrigues you that you, you would have wanted to, to go into? Realistically, I would like to be I'd like to be in the NFL. But if I could be good at anything, even though I'm trash at it, I'd like to be good at golf. Just you no know, mm. beautiful sport, not really weary in your body. You can kind of do it forever. Um, but I think the sport where I have the most realistic chance of transferring over to would be NFL. But you know, it's, I'll stick with track for now. What do position are we talking? I would, I would try to be a wide receiver. I, I have a little bit of acknowledge in it. I, I did it a little bit in high school, but outside of that, you know, I know I, I missed a big gap between those years, between trying to be, you know, high school freshman to NFL starting wide receiver. But, you know, I, I can dream. That's, 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 my, that's my position that I choose. I, I feel like you know what I'm about to ask, but let's just say hypothetically you were in the NFL. Would you mm -hmm. be making claims that you were faster than track athletes? And like what's yeah. currently going on in the world you know i probably that. wouldn't care because i'd probably they make like tens of millions of dollars so they don't even want to do our sport you know unless they can be the usain bolt of track and field then you know they're not going to see the same kind of money in track and field as they do in football so that's why you know i i, I don't believe that they're as fast as us but i also don't believe that they really care that much <laughs> to be no. fair. true yeah, yeah i guess it's sort of a lot a lot of it's probably just sort of like passing statements that they 
that they don't yeah. really think about and then track and field just pops on it like yeah it goes like, crazy hey guys they don't want to do our sport like maybe we can egg them, egg them on enough to, to try it out kind of like antonio brown and craig race but uh, you know i think they're going to stay in their own lane for that mm-hmm. yeah we need definitely. to drag them over we need to drag them over to boost the sport up a bit we, do, we, we have a boxing keep... match okay. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> that would yeah I'm um, Brazier yeah. versus Timothy Chariot, something like that. I don't know. That'd be terrible, actually. That wouldn't be Josh no Kerr. Josh Kerr. Maybe that. Maybe that's a semi-decent lineup. I'd like to think that I could I could take anybody 800 and up. So if you want a, a good fight, I would say anybody under the 800. Okay. I would like to think that at least. So you're saying you want to fight Michael Norman? Is, is that what you're saying? No, because he seems like a cool guy. I wouldn't want to fight him. Nice. Um... But I don't know any mean track and field athletes, so it'd be hard to, to pick somebody. Everyone's t- everyone's really nice. Everybody's but... too nice. It wouldn't be, like, rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't, yeah. It, it, there's, there's really, everyone's just really, really nice. I can't exactly. sort of think of, mm-hmm. and even the guys who are, like, really big personalities or whatever um, are still really, really good guys. It's, still it's cool really guys. One of those things. Um, maybe Craig, I'd fight Craig. I know probably wouldn't be much of a fight, but maybe Craig. I guess. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. The world champs kind of side of things and talking about being, well, well being a world champion because to be fair, there's, there's not many people who can say that they are a world champion. Yeah. Which is yes. quite cool. Yeah, it, it, it has a, a core ring to it. I, um, it really didn't, I really didn't have the t- time to celebrate that I wanted to because Doha was so late in 2019. And of course we thought the Olympics were supposed to happen in 2020. So it was just kind of like, I took my six weeks off and then I just hit the ground running. Like I didn't have time to kind of resonate or just kind of, I guess, really appreciate what happened. Cause I had to focus so much on, on 2020's plan, but no, it was, it was, it's definitely something that I felt like I was eventually going to get there, but it felt like once I finally, you know, crossed that line in Doha in 2019, it was just more of a relief rather than a satisfying feeling. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. It was, uh, and obviously it looked like a really interesting sort of uh, atmosphere at Doha with, mm. when also the track being sort of as technical as it was in terms of um, the sort of air quality and stuff and what was actually inside of it, sort of the cooling systems yeah. or whatever. So how... How was it out there, sort of racing in that, I guess, that heat um, and then also having your heats and your semis and, and then obviously the final in, in that stadium and in that kind of that setup? Yeah, so that first off, beautiful stadium that they made. They, you know, they did everything right with that. Um, I think they're using it actually for, what do they have, like FIFA going there in 2023 or something like that? Yeah. Um, so the track was kind of built around that as well. But yeah, the, the air conditioning was definitely clutch. You know, when you got there and it was October, it was still pushing 100 degrees every day. So that was a necessity. But as far as it went, as like a, a, a technicality wise, like they say Doha was the best that just, I guess, when it came to like the warm up area facilities to like the actual stadium itself um, and just kind of like the intros and everything like that. Like they did such a great job with that. Um, the one thing that I was lacking definitely was kind of the fan base that it, it needed. You know, I don't know if it's more of a soccer culture over there or what it is, but they just had a hard time getting fans in there. And I think they were literally just getting like buses of people of anybody that wanted to watch track and field in there. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. You know, it wasn't the, the, the liveliness that we saw in like 2017 in London, uh, of course, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a, a really cool uh, stadium. My, my first time going there was actually um in may of the same year just you know five months before and just getting you know kind of my bearings and just kind of my feeling for the area i was just like yeah this is it's gonna be a special place so no it was it was it was definitely a cool place i wouldn't really want to have done it uh any place else maybe london in 2017 but doha works yeah don't i guess i mean even just being able to call yourself a world champion sounds crazy you know there, there can only be one world champion and uh, you know kind of, I guess you don't know how many times you, you, you can sort of pull it off. I suppose looking at Oregon, like that, that's got to be one of the coolest places for an American to win the 800 like world mm-hmm. champs. That, that, that must be sort of something that's, that's pretty ingrained in, into you sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's, I mean, definitely. Cause I got the auto bid now so I can focus on, you know, the whole grand scheme of things and not the U S trials and such. So 
you know, if I run the trials, maybe it'll be something in the 400 or the, the 1500. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. But like you said, I think it's going to be kind of like that Atlanta. What was it? 1996. It was Atlanta. I don't know if I get that right. But just kind of being home base and just kind of defending your home territory is going to be a, a cool feeling. Yeah. Without, yeah. without trying to turn this into a flow track podcast, and I know you prefer the 400, but what are your thoughts on the 1500s going forward? Because obviously no one can deny. I know you've been humble about that race, saying it was the best situation you could have run that race with a fast kick, but that was yeah. impressive. So what what's sort of going on in your mind like for the 1500 in the next de- decade, yeah. let's just so, say? I'll acknowledge that it was on paper, it looks like I should be a 1500 meter runner, but that's because on paper, that's, you know, that's all I've ran with Pete. Um, you know, Pete, I've ran more 1500s than I have 400s, um, you know, and that's easy to do when I ran literally zero 400s, but it was, it was a championship style race. So I think there's definitely potential in me for the 1500. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be that, that crazy fast guy in that event, but when it comes to the championship style races, um, and you know, to be frank, that's all that really matters. I think I could potentially have some, some potential in the area, I guess, but I would still love to be on a US 4x4 or even a, a mixed 4x4. They're making all these opportunities for 400 meter runners to, to compete at these world champs and Olympic games. Um, but they, but they, you know, they, they don't have like these DMRs or these, these mixed relays that they, I think they should be having. So I, I think the opportunity is just growing for me to, to try to get on the team for a 400 meter event, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if Pete keeps pushing me up in mileage or, or what's going to happen. I'd really love to, you know, I work with a sprint coach and, and try to see what I can do going down a distance. But for now, I'm just, I guess, strictly an eight guy. So we're gonna we're gonna focus on that. It'd be pretty. It'd be a pretty decent quadruple, wouldn't it? Four by four, the mixed four by four. No, sorry, quintuplet five, four by four, mixed four by four, DMR eight hundred and fifteen. If they were on the Olympics and somebody could pull it all off, that'd be pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. It would be, but it, it just because it, they make all these different like sprint relay events, and I'm like, come on, make some room for like these distance guys. Like even just tosses a bone, throw a DMR in there. But you know, we haven't seen it yet. We'll see. We need a DMR in the in the championship do. races. I agree, hundred percent. It'd be interesting. Who would win? Who would win in your eyes, country wise? We gotta we gotta throw out you know, GB USA, uh-huh. Norway. Kenya. Kenya and North, yeah, they're the top four, I think. Mm. Surely, I think USA would win. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. And obviously, I think USA would win. I think, um, yeah, would, and I think I don't really know how DMRs are really ran at a at a global stage like that. My only, I guess, time I've seen it is during I think like the 2017 World Relays in Bahamas, and it always ends up to your miler. So as long as we have a good miler. You know, whether that's Matt or Century, you know, I, th- I think we'd win. And I, I have faith in those guys. But, you know, I guess you never know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you guys want to say Kenya, don't you? Well, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying Kenya. I, I genuinely don't think it would be. I, I don't think it would be Kenya. I think it depends. Probably savvy what, enough. What, um, is it Career? Is that you say his name? Emmanuel, it, depends, yeah. it depends how he turns up, I think. Because yeah. you'd probably put him on the eight or the four. No, you put him on the four, wouldn't you? And then you'd but put the lower the less that it matters, though, is a thing, you know. So you could have a, a forty-six guy, forty-seven guy on the four hundred, and yeah. it's not much to be fair. Well, they, they have got like a three twenty-seven, maybe three twenty-six guy if he gets the right race in chariot in the, on the on the mile. Yeah, and he can. He's the type of dude that can solo it too. So you know, I'm. It'd be hard, but I think we're up for the challenge. Let's, let, let's see what would happen, I guess. Let's try to get that going. I, I think that'd be a fun event to see. Yeah, it would be. It would be. What would you, what would you think would be like the ideal USA team? Going to throw it out there. I know that you're teammates, but I guess we got yeah. Who do you think would make it? So Norman on, Norman on the four, of course. Um, I think we'd put Clayton or Bryce on the eight. No, oh, that's... I want to run the eight though. I did run the eight or the twelve, and then Clayton or Bryce would run the 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 eight or the twelve, whichever one I didn't run. And then you know Craig would have to be our miler. He'd have to bring it home for us. Uh, you know he's, he's he's America's best best miler right now. So I think that's a that's a pretty solid team. See, I never Very thought of, I never thought of putting Clayton or Bryce on the twelve. I don't I don't know why. Um, I always thought who of Craig you, on the twelve. Who would you put a mile in? Probably. 
Joshua Thompson or Centro? Maybe. Or maybe even put them, I guess maybe put them on the 12 and put... Craig's our best miler, though, is the thing. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't argue that. But he's got that 800 speed as well, though. It, he's, not, he's not... It, yeah, I guess that that's a fair argument. Huh. It's just, it's just a tricky one. Uh, it is a tricky one. I get, uh, maybe. As we did mention flow track before, if flow track are listening, don't steal the idea. We came up with it. Uh, so but, if you even try and get it in the works, we trademarked yeah. it. It's our idea. Put a pet in there. Yeah, 100%. exactly. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. I think it'd be tricky to select teams, but I don't know. Yeah, now, I feel like it definitely needs to be event. It, yeah. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, it would be harder than I, I, I think to pick out a team for that. I guess if you have heats from finals as well, you could sort of interchange it. So yeah. Bob would take six, wouldn't you? Like, or, well, you'd take eight runners, wouldn't you, for the DMR, I guess. That's two, yeah, that's two more spots per event. Yeah, 2024. Hopefully, 20. if Sebco is listening, stick it in He's there. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll send him a little voice note of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're 800 world champion wants it, mate. So just, you know, yeah. get, you get the wheels turning. He could care less, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and Alfie, did you have some quick yes. fire, quick fire yes. questions that you wanted to go for? So, so we're going to integrate these within the next few questions as well from followers and Craig. But first of all, I just mm. wanted to ask a few quick fire questions so people can really, you know, find out a bit more about Donovan Brazier and sort of like the, on the, like the low key non-athlete level. So mm. what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Dude, that's a hard one. I could really go for a really good pizza. I like pizza. Like, if there's one food that I didn't have to count calories for and I could eat as much as I wanted to and I want to get fat, private pizza. Where, where's the best place in America to get pizza? Because I've, I've heard it's New Haven, Connecticut, or like New York area. Detroit makes some good pizza. Detroit or Chicago. Um, Chicago's known for the deep dish. Detroit's made known for, I think, like the, the pan dish. Um, but if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably pick um, Chicago uh, deep dish pizza. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Favorite movie? We have to say movie and not film because some Americans don't know what we're talking about when we say film. But yeah, favorite, favorite movie? Probably Edward Scissorhands. Really? Are you a big Tim Burton fan? I, I just I, I really like that movie. I don't know why. Edward Scissorhands. And you guys ever seen the movie Spirit? Spirit. It's about like no. a horse movie. It's a really good movie. Um, Edward Scissorhands. Spirit. Um, Love and Basketball is another great one. Uh, mm. Yeah, those are probably my top three. I really couldn't narrow it down to one, but if I did, I'd probably say Edward Scissorhands. Fair enough. I've never, I've never watched it all the way through. It kind of creeps me oh. out with the, with the scissor hands and everything. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the point. It's really gentle here, and the outside, it's kind of like a Beauty and the Beast type thing. But you gotta watch it. I will. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a watch. Favorite yeah. TV series. Favorite TV series. These are kind of hard questions. Hmm. I like a um, like a sportsman outdoors channel. So like anything that's like really like fishing outdoors or hunting, I like watching that. And I could probably watch it hours on end. Um, I also like a good a good cooking show. You know, if it has uh, Gordon Ramsay in it. Uh, yeah, I really don't watch too much TV. More of a YouTuber. You can kind of get in like that big rabbit hole of YouTube. But yeah, probably something either with like the outdoorsman channel or something that has to do with cooking. So I'm torn now. I want to ask for a Gordon Ramsay impression. I also want to ask what your favorite YouTuber is. So uh, you, you can my, pick one if you want. Yeah, my favorite YouTuber is, um, y, or I guess, I think that's his name. It's like YBS Blood, Bloods. Um, he's like this Australian guy that does a lot of fishing off the, the Golden Coast out yeah. there. Um, so I've been keeping up to date with his videos. Um, I watch all those. Also another couple, um, I forgot the YouTube channel name actually, but they're like a sailing couple. They just had a baby and like they travel around the world in this boat. Um, just sailing across the world. So, uh, yeah, YBS Blood and that um, other YouTube couple I can't name off the top of my head right now. YBS Blood got me through about six months of lockdown of just every yeah. day. Just like he just lives a perfect yeah. life. Yeah, crazy. he does. And it's, I like so to see him as well. Yeah, he's just a happy, just kind of jolly type guy. And I like seeing him from where he started to like where he's at now. And it's just like a really cool seeing that progress through him. He's got a great dog. A great dog. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, Gordon Ramsay impression? Are we are we leaving that out there? Or we'll get 
that one out. Yeah, I can't. I ain't gonna okay. disrespect it. <laughs> Favorite music. Favorite music. Or artist, I guess. Um, I like uh, probably probably Drake. I just you know I, th I know it's gonna be everybody's, but Drake just never misses. I, I like him. If I'm looking for a consistent artist that I can listen to on replay for a full road trip, it's it's gonna be Drake. Yeah, I feel like he's definitely in everyone's top five without fail, isn't yeah. he? He doesn't make a bad, bad song, so it's got new be. album 2021 as well. Is that what he said back in like January, February, right? Yeah, it's like Lover Boy, isn't it? I, I, am, yep. I'm gassed for that. Yeah, it's gonna be a big album. Oh, yeah. It best be a Dave feature on it, or else I'm not listening to it. That's all I care about. Yes, um, don't listen to it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, favorite place to run. Favorite place to run. Um, probably I like the, the, the St. Moritz, like we're going back to like, uh, my training base in Europe, St. Moritz, just, um, just a beautiful place. Probably. Yeah. Probably St. Moritz. And obviously going from that least favorite place to run. Ooh. I'm, I don't want to say it's my least favorite place to be because I still like the place, but Tokyo just didn't really have that many, tra as many trails as I thought they would. I think we're in Yokohama though, technically. Um, I love the city and I love the people and all that, but when it comes to trails, they need to do a better job at uh, making some, but that was probably the hardest place to find trails to run. Yeah. It's quite interesting yeah. given their like pedigree of like 10K half marathon sort of like yeah. culture um, in, in that, because there's, there's kind of quite a few um, sort of East African athletes that are based out there as well, which is, which is also quite interesting. I'd be, I'd be intrigued to to go and run out in, in, in Japan for a bit. It looks kind of cool, but maybe yeah. not Tokyo, apparently. No, definitely, definitely a really cool culture over there. I got to ask, um, we have Subaru Osaka. He's like their, their marathon guy right now. Um, big star over there. I got to ask him for some, some trail running if I uh, make it to Tokyo. But yeah, like you said, they do have a lot of, a lot of guys out there now. It's crazy. The depth they have in marathon is ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous. Last few years too. Yeah, absolutely just like I think it was a race where it was like 2,000 runners ran a half marathon quicker than like 65 or something it was really? yeah, yeah unreal I don't so, know where it came from I guess it's just getting on the culture side of things and that's I guess what that's what happens when you push something through a culture yeah. for like a decade or a generation it, it happens um, yeah. so the questions I'm a bit scared for are Craig's questions so okay this if if no one hears this and it gets cut now, I'm sorry. Um, but to be fair, some, they start with tame. There's just one what I'm worried about because there's no context. And mm. I asked him about it, and then he he left us on scene. So we'll have to see how it goes. So first one, also, and this leads on to the next question, sort of. So obviously, sort of telling a little, little white lie about that is. Um, yeah. Do you ever lie about who wins at tennis between you and Eric Jenkins? <laughs> is that an Eric question or Craig question? Craig asked who wins between tennis between you and Eric. I'm not even going to lie. I'm definitely the best tennis player on the team. Like, not like, not just hyping myself up or just, just saying anything. Like, I'm actually the best tennis player. Yeah, I get mad. And I've smashed a couple of rackets before because he's beaten me on some, like, BS calls. But, you know, I'm, I'm the best tennis player on the team. And if he wants to challenge me for that spot, we'll do a Instagram live or whatever he wants to do to try to, to try to prove me wrong. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm the best tennis player on the team. Okay. We'll, we'll co-host that Instagram live for the followers and clout. Um, yeah. Next, next one. This is where it starts getting a bit juicier. Uh -huh. You don't, you, you won't obviously have an answer for this. I'm guessing least favorite teammate. This is from Craig least as well. Oh, that's a good question. Actually. My least favorite teammate. I'm going to have an answer for you too. Uh, you know who not my least favorite but like just like I get so mad at because she's happy all the time is Jess she's not my least favorite because I love her having her on the team but I just wish I could have the attitude she has because I'm just like an anchor and she's just like a balloon she lifts everybody up and you know I can just be a Debbie Downer sometimes and Jess just finds a way to make everything positive and happy and I'm just like damn Jess like how do you do that but I don't know if I'd actually say least favorite but just I like kind of like I don't understand how she's able to do that, I guess. Hmm. It's, it's a nice way to go about it, that question. I yeah, like how I you, you, you answered it. Opposite, yeah. Yeah. Okay, two more questions, and this is okay. First, how, how is your love life going? 
Craig wants to know. Is that a, was that a Craig question? Yes, Craig question. Yeah, we're going to just skip past all the Craig questions because he's asking some ignorant questions. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's one more, but I have to ask just because I have to find out context. He's gonna... One more Craig question. Ask him, who is a faster finisher, a better finisher, sorry. No, okay, I've completely read the. Thank God for this. Who's a better fisher, you or Dalila? <laughs> Craig is being stupid. I'm not even going to answer that. Obviously, you don't even fish. He's from Los Angeles, New York. They don't fish out there. Um, I'm, I'm the best fisherman. I'm, I think I'm one of the best fishermen in track and field, to be fair. So that's not even, not even a question. That's, that's fair enough. Because it's yeah. Craig, I actually completely read that question completely differently in my head. And also, it was under yeah. the love laugh question. So I, He was just yeah. throwing out. Yeah, he's, just, he's just being ignorant right now. Yeah, we, we didn't get lucky enough in terms of, like, in the Craig podcast, we didn't get enough sort of dirt on him to kind of... Actually, he gave us plenty himself from himself, which was kind of impressive. Sort of dished yeah. out dirt on his own completely without us having to do that much, which was low-key impressive. So, yeah. yeah. Fair play, Craig. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think he's back somehow. God, this, this... He's, he's in Mexico right now. We're, we're going to talk about it when he gets back. Where's he at now? Where's he at? Is he not? Is he not home? No, he yeah, he went decided to take a little trip to Mexico, so he's he's down there. I don't know if he was telling people that, but shit, he's dishing out all my stuff. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you guys where he's at. <laughs> <laughs> has he got in? The, has he got in the van? No, he he took a flight. Surprisingly, actually, it was I don't know why he didn't take the van. Um, probably because he yeah I don't know he took a van over or he took a yeah a flight down there. Him and him and Jenny went down there. Ah, okay, got you, got you. Um, yeah, and then also the questions that we always sort of ask towards the end, because obviously we're time conscious, we don't want to take up your whole Totally fine. This is a good, I like this, it's just conversational. Of course, of course. Um, what, what is the 10-year plan? Obviously you said you want to see what you can do over 400 you kind of want to be able to to show what you can do moving down the distance and then obviously we all know what you can do moving up one distance anyway so what where do you kind of see yourself in like that that two year four year where where do you want to be in kind of, kind of 10 years time um let's see 10 years i'll be 33 um i'd like to have done a little bit more in track and field. I think I've, I've done a lot. And if you would ask me five years ago, if I'd be a world champion, I think that was already something that, you know, would just be blasphemy to me, just be a crazy thought. So I've, I've done that, but I also think I just have so much more to do in the sport. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I haven't given it my all, but I just know I have a lot more to give and a lot more energy and a lot more um, just mental capacity to take on what's, what's coming from me. So track and field wise just a lot more championships teams to make medals to get records to break trying to do all the things that obviously every track and field athlete is trying to do um so that's one big thing um if i can make it to you know the next two olympics through let's see tokyo and it was paris after that it'd be great um get my you know captain's license would be kind of cool trying to do some offshore fishing charters down in florida would be nice um get my degree uh just yeah things of of those nature um but yeah, track wise, just, just still trying to make teams, just still trying to be competitive. And if I treat my body right and my mind right, I don't see why I couldn't be going strong at 33. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely it would be good for Alfie. I was gonna say that age sounds like, you know, prime 5K, 10K sort of, sort mm -hmm. of age, so. I might be scratching the 15 by then, so we'll see. <laughs> no, uh, no 10Ks? I feel like no yeah, we need to. My coach the like, other day, I was like, oh Pete, like, I keep getting moved up to the 15. Do you think like I have some good potential in the 5K? Just hoping that he'd like hype me up. But he was like, no, not at all. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll never try that then. So my coach, <laughs> would have, I, I, I don't see it much either. I think you could run a good 3K or 3,200. I'm not sure what it is in the US predominantly, but we're just not even going to try. <laughs> That's fair enough. Hey, there's always a world cross team to make at the end exactly. of the day. So... An Olympic cross team to make as well now. Is there? Yeah. 3k relay is it or something well, it's well, like a relay. i was just gonna say actually the world cross relay was like 1500 hey if i speak yeah ain't happening yeah okay fair enough fair enough well we threw it out there it's been shot down it's not gonna happen not gonna we're, happen 
<laughs> we'll yeah. keep wishing. Uh, we also just had a question in from Sam Parsons, um, who said, "Remember when I said no chance, no chance the Olympics gets cancelled in Phoenix?" Yeah, he looks like a dumbass now, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's Sam for you. Tell him I told you so. Because I, I had a feeling because they canceled the world um, indoors in China, you know. Mm. So he, he I, I had a better forecast than he did. But I do remember him saying that and him being just like so headstrong and like there's no way they're going to cancel it. But told you. I haven't seen him since. But when I see him in person, I would say I told you so. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to send in this this clip as well just in he, case, know. you know, yeah, speed up the process, heck? getting told, you know, needs to be done. <laughs> It's yeah. slightly worrying, actually, with how it's going at the minute, because it's not getting any better, and yeah, but the we got Olympics a is getting closer. We got, a, we got a vaccine, so if we get that under control and, you know, people get vaccinated, I think, you know, there's, there's going to be an Olympics. So cross our fingers. I, I really do genuinely think there's going to be one, though. If we can have a whole Diamond League circuit like we did last year, um, I don't see why we couldn't at least have a scaled-down Olympics. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess sort of. I feel like going somewhere where the country has like all their shit together is a lot handier because like, I think the U S is the same with the UK where the government or just the people kind of make it a lot harder. So I feel like we all need to go to like Scandinavia or something. Yeah. We just don't listen. Like, yeah. I don't know why that is. We just don't listen. We don't wear a mask. I go on a plane and people just like take their mask off. It's like, you're not, it's not suffocating. You can just wear your mask. But yeah, I know. I agree with you. It's definitely the people that are making it harder than it needs to be. Did you see that person in Monaco racing a mask in the 5K? The women's 5K yeah, someone racing a mask. Did they really? They didn't win, did they? No, they came last. Yeah, but it makes oh. sense then. It's... Yeah. And I think someone did it in the K as well, the 1K. But I think they actually came yeah. second. I'm pretty sure they came past Gemma Riki and Laura Muir on the home straight. Oh my God, I hope was. not. I hope not. I hope that didn't happen. I don't remember seeing that. If that happened, that is jarring. Oh yeah, goodness. that kind of proves though. Just wear a mask, it's fine. Yeah. Just wear a How, mask. Do you, do you prefer the air victories or the dragonflies? Because I just need to ask because a lot of people ask us and I don't have an answer because I've never worn the victories. But I feel like you've probably worn both. What are the, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to be so bad, but I, I don't even know what type of shoe that. So the air victories is the. The bubble spike. Oh, okay. No, I prefer the, the non bubble spike. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of people have said that, to be honest. The bubble spike yeah. just seems a bit strange. Yeah, it just kind of, if you put, and I'm not, it's, it just depends on who you are, I guess. You know, I think I'm not one to like change as much as I should. Um, but I know Nike does everything they do. They have the engineers and the science behind everything they do. So I definitely know that the bubble spike is a better spike, but it's just going to take some time for me to, I guess, to adapt to wearing it. Yeah. Mm. Did you race in the Victory Elites this year? Yeah, I just raced in the Elites. I raced in the bubble a couple of times and, you know, I felt good while wearing it. But, you know, I think when you have fond memories in a certain shoe, you just want to continue to wear that shoe, which is kind of my process behind uh, wearing the, the Victory Elites and the not the bubble spike just yet. But I know I'll come around and I'm sure I'm going to start wearing the bubble spike once um, once I kind of wrap my head, head around a little more. It's kind of interesting, like with the with the advancing like spikes and even like road races, I guess. But it is a huge change for like your foot to actually be running in. Like you yeah. go from a streak seven to a next percent, that that's different like you go from a normal vic to yeah. the vic with the bubble yeah there's a difference like for your for your foot to sort of get used to running in a, in a different spikes it's like before before this year i pretty much ran in vics like mm. for like three years and there's there was no radical change in vics uh and, and now I, I sort of don't i can't well don't wear nike anymore but like looking at the difference between like the vic threes and now the vics of the bubble like, that's a big change Mm -hmm. yeah no they definitely just went like a whole different route with this thing which i think that's why people like me and a lot of professional athletes kind of took a step back being like okay like what's going on with this shoe but you know there's also been a lot of athletes like you know craig's actually one of those athletes who you know he's sworn by it ever since he tried it he's like i love this shoe you know i'm gonna wear it and he knows the benefits of wearing it uh so he's he's stuck by that shoe but you know there's also guys like me where it's like i just I like what I like and it's, it's hard to make them choose something else or wear something different. But like I said, I'm sure I'm going to come around just like most athletes eventually will. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's been, it's been quite cool to see the, see the new spikes uh, mm -hmm. come out and then sort of combining with that. Uh, Cause that was sort of a big change in the sport. 
if you could change like a few things in the sport, is sometimes we ask like, what's the one thing you could change? But I think in athletics, there's quite a few things uh, mm. that that people, especially at your level, would like to change. So, what what sort of changes would you like to see uh, moving into the future of of athletics in general? Um, I think I'd like to see more team oriented stuff in track and field. I think. Yeah just kind of the individualism of it just kind of makes it harder to root for just one specific thing. I think when you have a team kind of backing of sorts, it makes it easier for like a, a fan base to kind of gather around it rather than just, uh, than just one person. So I'd like to see, see more team wars and stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've always liked just being around teams more. I think that's why my transition, like, like I said, to, to peace group was so much easier and so much better. It's because we had that team name, we had our jerseys, we had our guys and it just kind of made things more fun. And, you know, there was a lot of people who were just Oregon Project fans, not like Matthew Sensowitz or Galen Rupp fans. They were Oregon Project fans. So we know it works. Uh, um, same thing with Bowerman. There's Bowerman fans, OTC fans. Uh, I just think we got to do a better job of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's something that we, we want to see, especially. We know, obviously, the U.S. are doing a much better job team-wise uh, than the U.K. is. I feel like there is a lot of scope because if, if you're a really good athlete in the U.K., you kind of have the option of staying here or joining a team over there. Like we've got Kerr at Brooks Beast. Uh, Jake Haywood recently went to Oregon uh, Track Club and then Mark Scott at Bowman. So it's like yep. if we sort of had that infrastructure in the U.K., it would be very cool because there's enough good athletes in the U.K. to have those sort of teams. Totally. Um, it's, just, it's just the money's not really being being put where it needs to be. We have one group, which is kind of New Balance Manchester. Um, okay. And that, that's sort of more of a marathon group than anything. So, so yeah, it would be cool to see a similar, you know, like a, a brand-funded funded group over here because it's sort of something that, we're, that we don't get to see that much. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even if we have to go to Norway to join the Ingebrigtsons and make a Nike team, I'm completely fine with that, to be honest. Yeah, right. Or the, or the Kipchoge team they have out there. I heard they're just taking out anybody. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that the NM running team what Kipchoge's under is actually just a bank. I thought it was like a cool like energy drink brand or something. Yeah, that's the first time hearing it too. <laughs> Sorry yes. if anyone heard my housemate coming in there. Did anyone hear like a high pitch sort of scream? If no one didn't, that's that's all. Yeah, good. I did hear that, and I'm glad you acknowledged it because I was a little worried. Uh, yeah, good. no, good stuff. Thought that would be appropriate to address. There is not someone locked up in my wardrobe, so we're all. Yeah, but that's what they would say. So yeah, that's what they would say. Someone locked in your wardrobe now, but yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no and we question. Past it. Yeah, second thing you change about the sport. Go. Second thing I change about the sport. Um, definitely some sports betting. We need some gambling going on. I think you know yes. it makes things more interesting. Um, just put big money, big money on on the on the line. I think it makes things just more competitive money is just the big thing i think when, when you can bet on races i think it it would benefit the sport a lot yeah yeah definitely it's like there's sort of two big things that i definitely saw like when i was at world cross which was firstly like obviously alcohol's not the uh not a big thing like it's not the answer to anything at mm -hmm. all in the slightest but when, hurt. yeah Exactly. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. So sort of at World Cross, there was like a beer tent. The, the thing was sponsored by Mikula, which is like a beer company. Yep. Had a beer tent at the top of one of the hills. Everyone was kind of like plastered in there, just screaming for everyone running through. And it was, it was probably one of the most hyped part of the courses. And I'm yeah. looking at thinking, if you had that sort of, that kind of atmosphere in, in some races and stuff, it, it sends the, the place crazy. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's not the answer, but it definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah, and like and like you say with betting, that that sort of along the same lines. If if you get that all sort of going, it's like if you look at the sports that gross high money, there's there's two things that a lot of them do have in common, which is the fact. Well, a few things like the fan base, uh, the betting, and then again there is that element of sort of like alcohol and sort of entertainment as well as as well as the entertainment in the race kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there was a, there was this app that came out. It's called Roster that I think helps with kind of like the whole fantasy yeah. track and field. So whoever made that app, they did an outstanding job with it. I think that's one of the cooler things that we've seen in track and field. But um, yeah, I think definitely a lot more to be done. But that, that app was kind of a step towards that direction. Imagine if you could yeah. do live betting on races, like like London Marathon just gone, Sarah Hall with like 10 miles to go. If you're better to come second or whatever, it'd be like yeah. thousands. What the app have been? Yeah, with like you, you, for example, last year in uh, 
was it in Stockholm? What, which race it, was it? Um, in, in Zurich. In Zurich, yeah. yeah. With 200 to go, or 250 to go, betting on you to win would have been what, like, literally like, what, 2,000 to one or whatever? Like something probably, probably close to, yeah. So it's, it could get interesting if it was live betting, but I feel like sometimes in some events, like, it's kind of predictable as well. I, yeah. Maybe not, actually. I feel like track and field is one of them where anything can happen, though. Yeah. yeah, like any sport. I mean, it's just like any other sport. You know, that's what makes it fun to watch. And I think that's what we need to get people to to watch it is to learn that or to show them that is, you know, it is fun. But, you know. It's a hard sport as well. We, we deserve more credit for, well, maybe not like you sport. on 30 miles a yeah. week, but us, yeah. us long distance guys deserve more credit. Definitely. You guys do. Exactly. Hey. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess that's sort of our, our, the last two big questions that we kind of that we kind of ask on there. And obviously, again, conscious of time, so it's been an absolute pleasure ha- having you on. And then the last thing that we normally ask is: Is there anyone out there that you want to cause a bit of beef with? You know, throw out a statement, uh, get get the people talking about anything. Or just anything else you'd want to say. Yeah, just yeah, call I someone know. out. Just let's say I got to call somebody out. Um, I'm a call. I'm gonna call out. I'm gonna call out Fred Curley. Okay. Because he's the he's like one of the biggest and baddest dudes in track and field. I'm, I'm calling out. I'm calling out Fred Curley. I don't know so what if it's you know if it's a sport of sorts if we're fighting if we're running, but <laughs> at, at, we're, I'm gonna call out Fred Curley. Whatever that means. Do, do you mean Michael Norman Shadow? Is that is that who we're talking about here? No, I'm joking. I just want to <laughs> transfer more beef. No, he's he's a great guy. He's he's a good guy. Yeah. He's fast as well. And that's fast. why it's hard in track and field because everybody they're, they're cool characters. So it's just yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Sick. Again, again, being diplomatic with your, with your responses there. I feel like yeah. if we asked Craig yeah. that question, we'd have had a different story. Yeah. Well, Craig, I, I never like being the loudest one in the room. So if Craig wants to go that route, he can go that route. <laughs> I guess it's a great dynamic, there, isn't it? Because if, if you don't yeah, like being the exactly. loudest in the room, well, Craig's always there. It's, it's fine, isn't it? Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. Thank no, you for no, no, It's been an absolute pleasure. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>